Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence and Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, everyone, time for another episode of Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Wells Adams alongside Tyler Florence, post-Thanksgiving, carbo-load belly right now. (laughs) How are you feeling, my friend? I'm still full, my friend. We had such a good time. How was your Thanksgiving? You You had fun? It was amazing. So, you know, my brother lives here. He's got a a little boy and he's married and lives right down the street. So they come over and then we're still in that because we don't have kids yet. So we're still in that that like Friendsgiving mode. We have like a bunch of, you know, the the Island of Misfit toys come over and they have Thanksgiving with us. So it's family and then friends. And it was so much fun. Those are the best. Those are the best. I remember uh, when I lived in New York City, uh, got a long time ago, we would have Friendsgiving uh, with all of our people, which really feels like your family. Like these yeah. people, like you interact with on a daily basis. And, and sometimes your family, family, you only see maybe once or twice a year. So those Friendsgiving events feel very special. They're very personal. Yeah. It's people you actually like instead <laughs> of people that you are, are forced to like because exactly. of blood. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it, we, we had such an amazing time. My, my good buddy, uh, Daniel Ellsworth, who's in a band, he's an amazing piano player. And so every time he comes over, um, him and my wife get absolutely plastered on my old fashions and they sing show tunes and musical numbers until like three in the morning. So that's what happens every year. And it's so much fun. There's a lot to be thankful for there, my friend. That's, That's right. right. We had 25 people over, you know, and so wow. we're, we're on the other end of that whole spectrum thing. So we, we kind of picked up the the mantle of hosting the big family get together at our house, maybe 10, 15 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So my mother-in-law here in Northern California used to host it. And then she would cram 30 people into her living room and, and it was like three 10 tops and, and, and just sling the most fantastic birds and and stuffing and and gravy and cranberry sauce and then everybody would bring over something and me being the hotshot chef i would always always kind of bring over something really kind of special to add to her story that what she was doing and then we ended up kind of picking it up and started hosting it because we you know we have like a little bit of room a little more maybe a little more room in our house here and uh so now uh, we get a chance to kind of throw down with everybody so we had 25 people maybe 26 people like kind of lost count on everybody but we had so much fun now one of the great things about having a restaurant is like my entire team picks up most of of the 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 heavy lift on that mm-hmm. so i basically basically get a chance to go shopping in my own walk-in and so we had uh, i had um a uh, uh, truffle turkey roulade ooh Yep. So, uh, so we had organic heritage turkey from one of our suppliers up in Sonoma, which I just love. The turkeys are so good. They're fed on walnuts. That mean that's good, right? Yeah. No, it's odd, delicious. Yeah. So good. Okay. Uh, and then uh, was, we split them open, brine them, take the dark meat, make a confit out of it, and then with that we kind of make this like stuffing, and then and then folded a bunch of black truffle into the middle of it, and then wrap it up almost like a big hot dog. 
right? That gets, that gets cryovac and then sous vide. So the whole thing kind of gets cooked really, really slowly. And then, uh, and then they, they, you know, then I got pick it up at the restaurant and then basically I did was just kind of sear it and finish it in sage butter and then bring it back up to temperature and slice it with uh, double turkey stock uh, uh, gravy. So it's like a turkey stock and then you add fresh bones to that as well. So it's like turkey on turkey, delicious. And uh, really good cranberry sauce finished with uh, California grapes uh, and walnuts and celery. Uh, so it's almost like an old-fashioned 1950 style, but like really chunky, full of flavor. Uh, buttery mashed potatoes that we finished with burrata, like puree burrata cheese. Jeez, Louise, I should have right? come to your party. Uh, really good stuffing. And then we had pumpkin pie. We had pecan pie. My pastry chef made some really good vanilla gelato to go with that. Oof. And uh, and then we finished up with uh, Carla Morrow's spectacular chocolate chip cookie. So big shout out to my whole culinary team. You know, I just because I, listen, I, I work like, like just like you, bro. I work so much, man. I'm like 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day. And then like the, the if I could just have my team kind of pick up some of the heavy lift with Thanksgiving. And so I'm not cooking it from scratch. It's just it's just it's a nice gift. It's a yeah. gift to the boss. They give the boss a nice gift. Let me prep your food for you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it was, it was good. So, so like my day, like I, I got up, you know, slept late, thank God. And then, uh, you know, the, we got, got football on, which is always a lot of fun. And then uh, we just get a chance to kind of hang out. So it was nice. Well, uh, next year I'm coming to your house because I had to do all the work. I didn't have like sous chefs uh, helping me out. That's a shame. That's a shame. You got to get a couple. One thing I did do this year, which was nice because we joined a golf club, like a country club, and they always have like, you can order, you can order a turkey, you can order whatever. So I, I did some of the sides, I had them do some of the sides, which made things a little bit nicer and um, took a little bit off of my plate, even though there was a lot on my plate when I ate that night. But yeah. I mean, listen, there's a lot to be thankful for this holiday season. And I don't know about you, but one of the things that I'm most thankful for are our dogs. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited for today's episode because we're going to have Deborah K. Davis on and she has yeah. a new cookbook for dogs, which this is a real thing, everybody. It's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I'm super passionate about dogs. As a matter of fact, in my little studio here in my office, right there in the corner, there's a, mm -hmm. a portrait of uh, Bad Bad Leroy Brown. Yeah, it looks like a GSP to me. Yeah, German short hair pointer. Yeah, he's uh, the love of my life, my buddy. We love pets here. We have uh, we have five goats. We have a pig. We have three dogs, three cats, a dozen chickens, 10,000 honeybees. We've got like a little farm here. Yeah. We are passionate about animals and really passionate about their food. And can we extend their life? Because there's lots of studies out there right now about overly processed dog food and it kind of causing cancer. So I, I think yeah. this would be a great episode. If you love pets and you want to keep your pets as healthy around, because, you know, when you have dogs, you always want them to last longer. You know, we always want to be around a little longer than they, than they, than they are. But I, I think you can extend their life by really focusing on their food and making sure they've got really kind of healthy food. So you're not, you know, causing inflammation in their little bodies and stuff like that. So I think this is going to be a great episode. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you eat processed, horrible food as a human, you're going to have some issues. Like we know that to be true. And so why wouldn't that be true for dogs? My dog, Carl, who's a bloodhound, he passed away about a year ago to the day. And um, he ended up, he, ha he had a lot of problems. He had uh, epilepsy. That's not what took him down. He ended up having stomach cancer. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end, it was really, really sad because he really couldn't eat, right? Like he just could not, he just didn't have an appetite. And so I started, well, first I started making food for him, you know, rice and carrots and, you know, all, all the things that that he would kind of like, and he would, he would kind of eat that. And then I, I don't know if you've heard of, um, there's a company called the farmer's dog that yeah, kind of, like, yeah. and they, and they, they send you like kind of these frozen, they are just like human meals basically. And he started eating that and he actually had an appetite to eat despite the fact of him having stomach cancer. And I do think that one, I wish I had done it earlier because I think that would have probably prolonged his life. Um, and two, I was so grateful that, that, there was like the farmer's dog, because I do think it selfishly gave me like maybe like a month or two more with him because he was able to eat that stuff. And like the kibble mm -hmm. just was like kind of, I think, just hurting his stomach too much. So I do think that there is something so important with um with making sure like what you're feeding your dog is really, really good. I wanted to know, though, like, do, have you ever cooked for Bad Bad Leroy Brown? Have you cooked for him? 
Yeah, I do it all the time. Well, a lot of like the beef scraps and stuff that we have at the restaurant, I like to bring home for him. He's very excited when I bring home bones from tomahawks. Yeah. But cooking for the dogs is really, really important for us. We, we have a lot of poached chicken, mm-hmm. um, a lot of rice, a lot of carrots, a lot of vegetables, right? A lot of high vitamin C things that we kind of fold into. And we don't do this all the time because like the farmer's dog is the same company that we use here at the house too. Okay. And, and it's nice to kind of get that product in frozen because it, it is work, right? When you when you have to feed your animals like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that, you know, when you go farmer's dog and you go like basically human quality food. Yeah. Um, not a lot of spices in it, but it's completely consu- edible. I mean, it, it's chicken and rice and carrots and vegetables and that kind of thing. And you can see it in there too, which is crazy. Like it's purely like it, yeah, it's kind of chopped up a bunch, but you can totally see all the vegetables and stuff in it. Yeah, they've got one with like duck and pear. Like it's yeah, like, it sounds fancy. You know what I mean? It's great, but um, but you know, like especially Leroy being you know like a like a, a high bred, you know, uh, uh, champion bloodline German short hair pointer. My dog is a, is a a champion show dog, right? Like he just doesn't process uh, inexpensive cheap food very well, and you can tell he looks very sluggish, you know. So um, we we uh, you feeding your dog a super high quality diet will do them a favor. There's no doubt about it. And you kind of figure out your own path for that because like it can be expensive for sure. Um, it is a lot of work for sure. Um, but uh, the most important thing is keeping your dogs healthy. So I'm really excited about this episode today. Yeah. And this cookbook that Deborah put out, The Art of Canine Cuisine is one is just, is, is fascinating because a lot of the stuff that's in here, it's like this, I would eat this. But the other part, like it, it did have a philanthropic aspect to it. It was the first kind of cookbook of its kind and all the proceeds of the book go towards Wags and Walks, which is actually a business that's right down the street from us. We actually used to take our dogs to get groomed there. Also, Paws of Honor and Pasadena Humane PWS, I think is what it is. But anyway, so if you get this book, you know it's going to like really, really good causes. And it's really, really interesting. Like I, I'm, I'm buying some of these for like, my, you know, my brother has a dog named Max who's very old and they, he makes food for him every single day. And I'm like, bro, you need some of the stuff that's in this thing. Cause this yeah. is going to absolutely change Max's life for sure. Well, there's so much out there. Like, how do you, like, what do you know what to cook for your dog or, or yeah. your pets in general? And, 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 and to be able to have a couple of good recipes, cause you know, I don't think they need a lot of variety as much. As they just need like really good, um, uh, uh, high quality, you know, uh, protein for sure. Mm-hmm. And then like really good vegetables and things like that. So, um, you know, let's listen like chicken or Turkey. God, my dog loves Turkey. Yeah. And then we, we just poach it. Right. And then take the liquid, make some rice, fold in some vegetables and kind of make a big slurry out of that. And then even kind of pulse it down just a little bit, uh, into a food processor, bag it up into Ziploc bags, label and date it, throw it in the freezer and then kind of pull it out. And uh, just portion out like, you know, a couple cups at a time. And he just loves it, cleans the bowl out. And you can tell it just makes him happy. His his coat is shiny. Mm-hmm. He has energy. His blood work is great. And that's just kind of what we do just to make sure our pets are nice and, he- nice and healthy. Because it, when, when, they, when they go too early, it's really sad, especially if they start going through a lot of, you know, uh, health uh, uh, situations at the end of their life. It's like, you know, sometimes you, you kind of wish you could do something better and pay attention to their diet is a great way to keep your pets healthy. Yeah. I think one of the, probably the questions that a lot of people have is like, well, I don't know how much I'm supposed to feed my dog if I'm cooking for him. Like, is this too big of a bowl of food? Is this not enough? You know? Um, and I think what's interesting about this cookbook is you kind of find your dog, like what type of dog you have. Like, so here's like a Maltese right here. And then it's like, it's recipes that would be good for a dog that size. And I think that that's a really helpful way of going about it. Anyways, I'm so excited to talk to Deborah K. Davis about the art of canine cuisine. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, yes, this is going to be cooking two dudes in a kitchen, but really for like all your furry friends in the kitchen. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. 
give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. Very excited for our guest today. We've never actually done this before, and I didn't even know it really existed until this book showed up at, at my doorstep. But we have Deborah K. Davis, the author of The Art of Canine Cuisine. We are going to be talking about making food for your furry friends. Deborah, how are you, and who the hell is around you in, in this uh, round table <laughs> that you've brought into the podcast? I'm great. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, this is my family. Uh, they've been through this whole journey with me, um, waiting for their food with my test kitchen for the dogs uh, for three years, actually. I've been in, in development in three years, finally produced this book, which is kind of like I'm a movie producer. So it kind of ended up being almost like a movie, <laughs> actually. And I did it through COVID. And so we weren't working. Everybody was home here. Um, and uh, just started developing, you know, my regular dinners and stuff like that and trying just converting them into dog friendly. So that's how it kind of came about e experimenting. Yeah. When I look through some of the recipes in this book, like it, it almost looks like it's too good for humans to eat, <laughs> let alone <laughs> dogs. <laughs> no. I've had I've had plenty of friends that have mistakenly eaten yeah. the dog food. <laughs> I, walk, I walk into the kitchen and I started eating these cookies and they taste like nothing. And I said, <laughs> these cookies are horrible. <laughs> right. I, I said, what are you making? And she says, these are for the dog. <laughs> and I said, some cinnamon would be nice. <laughs> Dogs can taste, you know? Yeah. When, when you see like yeah. dog food commercials, when they say like new and improved taste, like how do you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But I, I think it's really important. Like dogs have a real preference on what they like to eat. So like if, if yeah. planned is not the way to go, let's right. put some flavor in that kind of stuff. It's good. Yeah. Man. Nice. Yeah, the flavor is really like bone broth and turkey yeah. and stuff like that. Stuff that they like, you know, so no sugar. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty plain. So it's yeah. a lot of stuff that promotes like healthy coats, you know, good vitamins, strong sense of vitamins for them, good for their bones, good for their teeth. You know, foods that are like really good for the dog in general and their health. Yeah, but but it's made out of food that we can eat at the same yeah. time. Yeah, so with seasonings. Yeah, you change it up, you know, and you put other spices for us that we normally would eat, like the carne asada we were talking about. 
before, you know, I can, the way I make it for the family is a little bit different than what I make it for the dogs, <laughs> but it's basically, it looks the same, but it just has different spices to it, you know, that we don't, we can't use with dogs. Yeah. Well, the book is beautiful. I mean, and so let's talk about the nucleus of all this stuff. How did you get started with the idea? And, uh, you know, what uh, drew you into writing a cookbook for dogs in the first place? Well, you know, it was really funny. You know, I have some friends of mine that are both authors. One's an educator. The other one was actually the prior uh, mayor of Beverly Hills. who's a very famous author, uh, Robert Tannenbaum. And uh, they're good friends of ours. And uh, Patty, his wife, she's an educator. And one of her books features a dog, you know, and it's for, for elementary school kids. And so she asked me, she said, no, Deborah, you know, you're such a great cook. You know, why don't you, we do something for my website, you know? And I said, well, like what, you know, like a little dog cookie or something, you know, to feature my book and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, sure. But I figured, you know what, as being a producer, I'm a little more creative than a dog cookie. So I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to come up with something a little different for you on your website. So I hired an artist that kind of mimicked her art. And got Bella, who's back here. I don't know if you can see She's her. She's not facing the camera right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's over here. And so uh, I came up with uh, Bellissima's Risotto. And um, that was the first recipe out of the whole thing. So she was kind of the inspiration right over here, this little one. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. And what, what breed is Bella? Because Bella looks like we have this uh, mixed breed dog at our, our house. He's, he's like a rescue dog named Frank. And I, I, I think he's a Jack Russell and a Shih Tzu mix. It's kind of an uh, odd combo, but he's yeah. adorable. Nice, nice little lovely white fluffy dog. Uh, oh. He happens to be 14 years old, by the way. Um, oh, wow. Little senior citizen guy. Um, and that's Bella right there, right? Yeah, yeah. she's Maltese, Maltese and Chihuahua. Oh, fun. Oh, that's a good combo. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's also a rescue. Actually, Brandon rescued her. Yeah. It was kind of an interesting story. Uh, she was, uh, these people had her and they were trying to pawn her off for money. And, and I ended up rescuing her and taking her home. And, um, I've done that a lot to my mom. She's like, please, <laughs> no more dogs. Like, yeah. you know. um, How many dogs do you guys have? Three. We now. have three at the moment. <laughs> we've, we've had up to four. Um, yeah. Plus fostering as yeah. well. But. We've had all kinds of different dogs. We've had, you know, Papillons. We've had, we had a Greyhound, a retired racing dog at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, how we got that dog is I was doing, I was working on a movie called um, Chase the Wind and it was about a racing dog. And um, I lived in Malibu at the time and, and I was developing the movie and it just so happened there was a pet store in Malibu at one point and they had a re whole rescue of these dogs, of these greyhounds. And I saw this one dog and I was in my little jag and this dog was like a pony. Yeah, he was she, huge. She came yeah. home. I, I opened the door of the garage and the dog didn't fit in the car. Oh the, head, the head was out one window, the tail was out the other window. They said you brought home a horse. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a funny story because you know he just came from the track, so he didn't know about grass or sand or the beach. I, I had to teach him how to go up the stairs and stuff like that. And, and wow. yeah, it was like he was a he was a pretty big. He was the biggest greyhound I've ever seen. Like mm -hmm. almost like as big as a Great Dane, actually. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about some of the the recipes in here, but you, you kind of. Mm -hmm. you, you you touched on it a bit about like some things are good for the the coat and some things are good for um like maybe longevity or the teeth or whatnot. But just right off the bat, what are some things that people should be putting into their their dog food and and including in for like optimal healthiness of your pet? Well, I use turmeric a lot, okay. which is really good. It's an anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that also curly parsley is also good for them. And then vitamins really comes from the vegetables, you know, mm -hmm. kale, um, spinach, that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes I put in some fish oils, you know, I cook with, um, with fish too. Um, all my broths are made with, with fish um, sauce, which a hundred percent fish sauce. So that's good for their coat. I, I cook mainly with uh, coconut oil, which is makes them really shiny. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then when I adopted my, when I, my dad passed away and it's, but this book is dedicated to him. And when he passed away, my inheritance came in, in, in a form of a little, not little, 18 pound chihuahua. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Hi, chihuahua. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, yeah, her name's Bootsy. I call her Pig. I mean, she's still called Pig because now she's seven pounds. But my dad was sick and he loved to cook. My whole family cooks. So he loved to cook. But then at the end of the day, he wouldn't eat. So he'd give the dog the whole meal. And so she ended up being like 18 pounds when yeah, I got her. She looked like a little meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like a. Like a seal, actually. She had a huge body and this teeny little head. You know, it was really funny. Yeah. yeah. But now she's, she's like down to her, you know, fighting weight. She's super healthy and, you know, and, and she's very shiny, actually. Her coat's really shiny. My mom, and, you know, instituted a lot of the recipes from the book to, to help her lose the weight. So it, yeah. it's, it's proof that, you know, it's very healthy for the dog. Yeah, yeah, without a question, and it's one of the best things you can do for your dog if your dog uh, starts to develop like weight issues is change their diet immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like a lot of those excessive carbohydrates, if you look at the ingredients of most kibble, like big bags of dried dog food, it's a lot of grain, right? And then they it causes a lot of inflammation, a lot of weight gain, which mm-hmm. puts a lot of pressure on their heart, you know, and, and so yeah. these things really start to. Um, um, compound uh, becoming issues. And so just, if you just start cooking for your dog, you know, start like, like the, what we do at the house, like I said, we were talking to Wells earlier, but like Turkey, love mm-hmm. Turkey. We'll just take Turkey and poach it and then take that liquid with that. We'll make some rice. And then, so it's got yeah. like a little bit of bulk in there. And then, uh, and then uh, lots of just like roasted carrots and roasted vegetables yeah. and, like that. and they just love it. It doesn't have to be overly complicated, but like literally no. it's like food that you could eat. It almost tastes like risotto. It tastes like Turkey risotto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dog just love it. And then uh, Frank, our senior citizen, we call him Captain Frank because he's always mm. like controlling the house. Uh, <laughs> barks. I can up with fucking everybody, right? It's like, <laughs> uh, but uh, but he he lost a bunch of weight, and I, I think that's the reason we've uh, we've kept him around as long as we have. I mean, he's fourteen years old, and his diet is a big part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you look at the history of like dogs over the years, it's even like I looked at pictures of dogs from like the. 1800s like turn of the century and they look different than they do today you yeah. know it's like the, well, they ate food real they, food yeah they ate real food back then yeah. when, you know yeah. real crop they eat meat yeah. yeah yeah exactly and you know the whole kibble thing it's kind of like the same thing with with our situation as humans so like you know we're getting more longevity the healthier foods we eat and so are the dogs, you know, the longer they live, like, like your guys, 14. Well, it's funny because, you know, when I have my other dogs, before I started cooking for the dogs, when they got older, like you were saying, you have an older dog, you know, my vets always said, you know, you, you got to get them off the kibble and now you have to cook them rice. Now you have to cook them this, you know, I mean, that always came into play with older dogs, you know, right. always. So I figured they never eat kibble, my dogs. They never eat it. I always yeah. cook them, always. And some of the recipes you can do as a daily thing, it's not that complicated. Um, like you were saying, you know, like we do the simple dishes. I cook maybe once a week for the whole week and, you know, freeze some of it, some of it have it in the fridge, you know, and that's what they eat. That's all they eat is basically those those things. And then once in a while, you know, with the treats, you know, once and those are more specialty, special stuff that they yeah. eat, you know, the book but, tells you which one's which, but she's yeah, got yeah. A, you know, my mom's got a knack for this because we, we've had so many dogs growing up and, yeah. you know, Scarlett, who's the, you know, Scarlett's hope is named yeah. after. And she was almost 20 when she passed away. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was pretty old dog. <laughs> she, yeah. They, they're not expected to live that long, but you know, yeah. she had a lot of longevity. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, she takes care of, I mean, we all take care of our dogs and, and there's a lot of longevity there with the food that we do. Yeah. That's for sure. I, I, I want to know what's a good rule of thumb for how much food you should make a certain size dog. Like, do you have like a measurement system? Like if it's a, like yeah. a 30 pound dog or a 60 pound dog, how much are you supposed to be feeding them? Yeah, actually it's in the book. There's okay. mark, marked in the book. Um, and it, it marks like how the portions of each breed or how big the dog is within this amount of weight then you feed them this much and then it goes up to the bigger dogs. 
So mine are all, obviously, they're all small. Mm-hmm. Her, then I have another mixed breed that he also rescued. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a gift for that. Yeah. yeah. We see who the culprit is here. <laughs> yeah. He was like me, though. I mean, growing up as a kid, too, I always did the same thing. But, you know, my dad was a big dog lover, so it was never really you know, issue, a huge issue, bringing an animal, any kind of an animal home, actually. It was always dogs, though. I tried to bring a cat home once. (laughs) Yeah. Dogs only. I drew the line. I'm I'm team dog. Without a doubt, we have have cats here. We have three cats at the house, too. And my daughter and my wife love cats, really love cats. And I I am team dog all day long. (laughs) I love all animals. I love cats, too, but to to I don't know. It's not, I'm not a cat person. It's a, like <laughs> we look at each other from across the room. I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, yeah, back at you. And then we yeah. just kind of go yeah. about our day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like in the weirdest way. Yeah. yeah like I don't, like, I don't need you. I'm like, I don't need you either. And like, like <laughs> and we kind of move on. But my dogs, on the other hand, my dog is just so like Leroy Brown. Uh, he's a my uh, German short hair pointer. Like we had this thing every day. This is what I'm, I'm so passionate about feeding dogs and making sure they're nice and healthy because they give you so much back. Yeah. Like the love that a dog gives you to me, it's just my, it's my serotonin for the day. Right. It just yeah. makes me happy. And so like our, uh, and, and I clearly did a great job crate training our dog, not yeah. sleeps on our bed every night. And uh, <laughs> right, that didn't work out at all. And he, so he kind of snuggles with us. And every morning uh, that, we, that we get up, we have this little, he has this little snuggle fest thing with me. Like he'll put his head <laughs> like on, he'll put his face, his head on my face. Right. And I'll start scratching his ears. And he's like 65 pounds. And he'll just like, <laughs> on me. and then he just, what is like, sit at like 10 minutes a day? I just like, will scrub his ears and like, just like scrub his chest. And like, and then he'll just, what is how And he'll, he'll, he'll grab with his paws. He'll grab my hand and like, what is how this moment every day? And like, so he just, he's my yeah. buddy. You know, and like with that, I just want to make sure he's as healthy as possible. Now, with the recipes in the book, which one tastes the best? And, you know, there's an answer. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, I make all of these. You I know, the vodka. Like, you know, well, those are the, the galettes, you mean? Yeah, well, I call them vodka. <laughs> Sorry, A potato yeah. galettes. Well, the favorite, I can tell you the favorites that they have. Um, yeah, okay. His favorite is the the potatoes, right? The little lettuce and uh, the veal chop, of course. It's oh, the veal, veal chop. chop, one of his favorites, too. Yeah, veal chop, veal milanese, veal <laughs> <laughs> on, on page 82. No, Marcella, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, with uh, butter sage sauce is what I do for him, yeah, man, all day long, yeah, yeah. and uh, but not for the dogs, you know, I don't yeah. do that. But yeah, but then the potatoes. crispy, crispy potatoes is another one of his yeah. favorites. What's your favorite? Uh, like in general? Yeah. You make? I would say the fideo soup. <laughs> that's right? not a recipe. Oh, that's not a recipe. <laughs> oh, the recipes and the dog recipes. <laughs> We're like dog recipes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're not going back. But well, let me ask you a question. So so there, there a lot of people are listening to this going, I'd love to kind of get into that, like a healthy lifestyle with a dog, but it's expensive, right? Like what what do you say to those people? Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do. You can go and, and buy in bulk, you know, yeah. go to a Costco and buy huge amounts of, you know, ground chicken and turkey. And they have stuff on sale all the time, yeah. freeze yeah. it, you know, so you can use it within a few months. So over time, you know, you'll have it and you can save money that way. And actually, you know, some of the higher end dog brands are very expensive very expensive yeah they are for sure and i always say you either pay for it now or you pay for it later right yeah vet bills mm-hmm. vet bills when when you've got a dog that's in that has cancer and and right. you know and, and they're saying listen you know he, he's got three months to live unless you want to have the surgery and the surgery is yeah. eight thousand dollars well i've done that yeah, I've yeah. Had a couple of times you know what i mean and sure. so I, I think like you either pay for it now or you pay for it later so like keep your dogs healthy yeah. um you know and also you know um I, I think some people should feel a little embarrassed, you know, like, like with uh, h- how little it costs. If you really yeah. think about it, like bulk yeah. dog yeah. food, it's like pennies to be, would yeah. you really want to give, would you feed your human family th- that I wouldn't not, not for a million years. Right. Yeah. And so think about some like really great things. It's just making rice. You can make rice in bulk. 
Yeah. Um, and then uh, turkeys dirt cheap. Sometimes you could either get it ground or yeah. get it whole and poach it the way we poach. And, you know, it doesn't have to be incredibly expensive, uh, but vet bills are really expensive. Oh yeah. If, if they have. And then, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of different also, you know, alternative grocery stores that you can get the stuff at cheaper prices, you know, for the East coast people, you go to Kroger, uh, you know, you can go to, you know, pretty much like the, the lower end grocery stores where, you know, cause like we shop at different grocery stores. A lot of different. So like <laughs> as, as humans, like just, we go to Ralph's and Trader Joe's. Like there's certain stuff at Ralph's that we get and there's certain stuff that, that we get from Trader Joe's. And that's also dog ingredients too. But like Trader Joe's isn't going to have like more of the dog stuff. It's more like Ralph's and stuff where they have a fresh butcher. But the or, big boxes, the Costco has everything. Yeah. I mean, you could buy everything and you could freeze it. Yeah. I mean, you can buy fresh veg- veggies, you can freeze them, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, there's stuff on sale all the time. You just have to kind of look out for it. You know, and then when it's on sale, buy it, you know. Um, yeah, there, there's a, you know, for the regular food that you're going to be feeding them on a regular basis, which I have marked in the book, which ones those are, that it's not that expensive. I mean, it really is not. You can go to Aldi. It, it's just, it's really important that you make it yourself because even these other dog brands that are making supposedly this fresh food, I went to the store to investigate it. They have to have it be stable. So there still is stuff in there that if you don't cook it yourself fresh, they have preservatives. And they say that, oh, this is fresh food. No, it's not. It's It's processed food. It's It's still processed because they have to have some kind of longevity to it, you know, be able to sell it, you know. So even if you're going to a high-end, you know, food brand that's cooking for you, you know, it's still going to have stuff in it, yeah. you know. But I think there's something for, you know, every bracket, the type of person that wants to make food for their dogs, you know, no matter where you shop, like you can make it happen with these recipes. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
let's talk about some of these recipes. I know you wanted to do the carne asada recipe for the show. So tell tell everyone what is in this recipe and why can't I just eat it myself? Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, you can. Um, well, there's two ways to make it. Okay. One way is that you marinate it and you marinate it with... What are we marinating? The skirt, uh, skirt, the skirt steak. Skirt steak. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, so what I do is, of course, like I said, you don't have to do this, but... I marinate it in bone broth and turmeric and just a teeny bit of salt, not a lot, very little. And I put in some curly um, parsley and I marinate it with that, you know, and I, I'm not, I, I normally do it overnight. You do it for a couple hours. You don't have to do it at all if you don't want to, but then you just take it out, pat it dry, kind of clean it off. Don't wash it off, but clean it off and make sure it's very dry and it comes into room temperature and then cook very quickly mm-hmm. so like two minutes on one side two minutes on the other side you want it to be like rare to medium rare um and you want to cut it uh, you know against the grain um you know go with the grain because then it gets very tough um and it, it comes out perfect and that's the way i i make it for the family except i add you know spices and that are basically not good for dogs <laughs> you know like onions and garlic and all that stuff that's not good for dogs so but it's, it's not great. it's not well i mean so what do you think about table scraps and stuff for dogs is that is that cool i mean not good i not not good really because it's really not health that's what my dad did with the chihuahua you know yeah. like he gave her ta- tables scraps and you know she does still have issues because even though she's really teeny now she you know her joints are because she had so much weight on her yeah that Joints are kind of floppy a little bit, you know. And if it's a lean protein, it's not that big of a deal, like a little bit, of, like a piece of fish or something. But it cannot have spices that yeah, we use. Not something that's like overly done with spices. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically, yeah. No, I mean, it, as long as you're proportioning, you know, the dog food to the dog's weight what it, or what it should be weight, you know, like if it's an overweight dog, it should, you should cut the food down to the appropriate you know, uh, amount of food that they should be eating, basically. I want to go back to this recipe because I'm looking at it here, what you sent mm-hmm. us. And there's corns involved, coconut oil, goat cheese. Where is that coming into the recipe? Yeah, um, that's very sparingly. Okay. I don't feed them a lot of, of corn. This is like more, you know, like I might, um, you know, omit the corn, but sometimes you can feed them corn. I mean, it's, it's there's nothing wrong with it. You know, just do it very sparingly. Um, I just, you know, would they love it? They love the corn, and especially like when you barbecue it. You know, they love it. And you just sprinkle a little bit, not like we would normally eat, but just a little bit for taste. You know, um, over the food once it's cooked, and it's just more like a treat. You know, like a topper would be used. Yeah. You know, but you're not going to be giving them like a ton of of that. And goat cheese is fairly healthy for them too as long as you just do it in you know moderation i've seen a lot on social media recently about people going and feeding their dogs raw meat Mm -hmm. a a lot of raw stuff and i was wondering what what your thoughts are on that if it's good if it's bad uh indifferent what do you think you know i'm not really quite sold on the raw to tell you the truth um because i think that even with the raw food i mean it can contain bacteria and you know it can form bacteria. That's just my personal it's, view. It's a primal diet, but the problem is, it's like it, it is geared more towards bigger dogs. You know, little dogs have more sensitive. Actually, yeah, I mean, like Bella here is, yeah. very, is a very sensitive. Very, yeah, she and yeah, yeah. she can't she can't eat raw unless you know, like the steak tartare. That's a different thing. Being raw, we eat it raw, right? Yeah, but it's. Super high quality. That's my dinner every night at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's like very, very high quality. It's not just, you know, throwing them bones with, you know, whatever kind of meat, yeah. you know, um, that I don't recommend that. I don't, in my book, I don't recommend any cooked bones at all. I mean, you know, I, I do cook with bones for flavor, but I take them out so that I, once they're cooked, it's kind of dangerous to have because they split up and they can cause many problems with your dog. Um, so the raw thing, I'm, I'm not quite sold on. I mean, some people believe in it, which is fine, but my personal beliefs is not really, no. I, I don't know if uh, 
it would be good for them that with the steak tartare is a, is a you know kind of a treat type thing for them and they get very small amounts of it and the the raw egg the quail egg we eat it i mean that's fine and it's safe and healthy for you and it's great for the dogs you can actually give them part of the shell <laughs> if you wanted to all right yeah exactly yeah why not yeah, that's yeah. how we make our caesar salad at miller and lux with quail eggs mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Oh, interesting. I love it with sushi, like oni and quail eggs. <laughs> hmm. It's a Japanese traditional dish. Yeah, really, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, hey, guys, we're running out of time with you, but I did want to talk about kind of like the proceeds and the philanthropic aspect of this book and where all um, the money is going to, because I think it's so cool knowing that this It's a beautiful is, book, too, it's right? beautiful. I mean, that, that's a coffee Thank table you. book. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I... I a portion of the proceeds of the book go to charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my charity also gives to charity. So it, I give kind of twice. Yeah. So if I, um, if I'm involved with a charity, um, for example, the last event I did was uh, for a uh, pause of honor and uh, they're a, a nonprofit that gives back to um, ex military and police dogs that, you know, what happens with them is that they, they basically get, their 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 handlers they get gifted them right yeah but then by the time that they, they get the dog the dog has all these issues you know mm-hmm. whether they were like at war or they were like a drug sniffing dog whatever you know kind of like cocaine bear no I'm kidding um <laughs> but you know they they have issues veterinary issues and so what what they do is you know we we help give money to them for uh vetting the dogs when mm-hmm. they retire um, and I also I also give to the Humane Society and some other charities, um, and I give through proceeds of the book and through Scarlet's Hope. So through both of those avenues. And if people want to purchase the book, where do they need to go? Well, right now, Art at Canine Cuisine, and also Shopify. Yeah, the website. My my okay. website, you can pre-order it right now. It's, it'll be out before Christmas. So you can pre-order it at Art of Canine Cuisine, which is my website. I also animated the dogs so the dogs talk about the book. Oh. Yeah, some of the dogs. I did animation too. Um, yeah, they all have accents and stuff. Yeah, so I, I basically cast like everybody's voice to be so the... It's like a French dog? <laughs> <laughs> this is Floyd. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is like... My son's favorite type of dog. is a big old pug. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's his favorite dog. The tongue, fun. Thing, the tongue thing is perfect. He was the run of a litter. He almost he almost died a couple of times. Matter of fact, he's uh he uh he had surgery when he was a puppy because he had like nasal blockage. And uh, so he had the he a had pug? a pug? No. Right? <laughs> exactly. So he had he had a nose job when he was I think when we built. But uh, he had his nose opened up and then they because he was had breathing issues. Yeah. So they cut the bottom part of his tongue. So his tongue would fall, fall forward oh, wow. instead of falling on the back of his mouth. And now oh, he the poor dog can't put the, his tongue back in his mouth. It's part of his <laughs> part of his charm. <laughs> part of his charm. And we have we have fruit trees in the backyard. So he like he's always like hunting pears and apples when it falls down. Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, Deborah and all of the Davis family, thank you guys so much for coming on Two Dudes in the Kitchen. Um, This is such a cool idea. We are obviously huge dog lovers, and this is something that I'm gonna I'm gonna be using a lot of these recipes to feed our dog Boo because. Listen, we every day that we get extra of spending time with Boo is going to be a blessing. And I think that, you know, cooking for your dog is one way to prolong their life and a really, really cool thing. So thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. And everybody listening to the podcast today, like take five minutes and really think about what you feed your dog Mm -hmm. and 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 put a just try to put a little more effort into it. Do some research, look up all the stories and studies about, uh, you know, uh, cancer prevention and pets and, and see if you can make a difference in their lives by changing their diet. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you guys for cooking for your dogs. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that I need to start cooking for Boo more often. <laughs> well, you, you know, once you get into it, and it yeah. and like the thing about it, it's work, right? Wait, who are you barking? This is uh, this is Floyd. Where Floyd's like, where are the pears?
He's such a roly poly. Uh, he literally like that's what he hunts for. This is his favorite time of the year when yeah. all the pears and everything kind of fall off the trees. But it, it feels like work. You know, it's definitely something that, you know, try to do it once a week, do it on a Saturday and you make the same recipe over and over again. Dogs don't really care, you know, yeah. like they're not picky per se, but like, but really sort of make something fresh, right? Again, turkey, carrots, and rice. We make it all the time, uh, bag it up and freeze it. And the dogs just love it. And we know we're doing something great. It's healthy. And uh, listen, we're trying to keep our vet bills down. Yeah. I like the idea that she gave us with the turmeric too, because that is, you know, something that is definitely helps with inflammation in humans. I imagine it does the same for the dogs. It's got to for sure. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. We'll be back again next week. We might revert back to human food. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we'll go to cat food next. We'll we'll see. Please follow us on Two Dudes in a Kitchen on Instagram and leave us five-star review if you want. Give us suggestions over there on the podcast store. And yeah, if you also want to DM us on Instagram, please do um, with topics, guests that we should have on anything. Because listen, it, we thought it was just going to be about cooking food for humans, but today we completely deviated from it and I loved it. Yeah. And we're, and dude, we're going into our second year. I know. Which is wild. Isn't this fun? Yeah, man. I'm having the best time. You know, I, I had a radio show in New York back at like the early 2000s and I missed it so much because you really get a chance to talk to your colleagues in a way, mm -hmm. like you kind of bumping some of these chefs at, you know, uh, at events or cocktail parties, but now you get a chance to really kind of talk to them, pick their brain and really kind of find out what makes them so fascinating. And I got to tell you, I'm loving two dudes in a kitchen. This podcast is fantastic and, and the stars are showing it. So I appreciate everybody listening. And, and here we go into year two. All right. See you guys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at two dudes in a kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that and we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.